Welcome to the Teacher's Podcast, in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone and thank you for listening. In this episode, I interviewed Martin Cutting, one of the product managers at Classroom Secrets. Prior to joining us, Martin progressed to a deputy head position in school. I was really grateful that he agreed to let me pick his brains about life-work balance and what he feels about it from an SLT's point of view, you know, where it all comes from, etc. This is a bonus episode on the Teachers Podcast, and I'm doing these bonus episodes to raise awareness of my life-work balance campaign. So, let me tell you a little bit about it. I'm really passionate about a countrywide approach to well-being and life-work balance in education, and therefore, I'm running a campaign to get 20,000 survey responses from teachers about their life-work balance. Notice which way around we've worded it. Life is more important, you know. At the moment, we've collected 11,100 responses, and that's 500 more since the last episode was released. I really need your help. Please fill in the survey at classroomsecrets.co.uk forward slash LWB and get all your colleagues to do the same. So you might be thinking that 20,000 responses is a hell of a lot of responses, and it is. So why do I need so many? I want it to have an impact. When the government does a survey like this, they generally survey about 400 teachers, and miraculously, they get the results that the teaching population in general is scratching their heads about, and no, can't be right. This is about getting a true snapshot that can't be ignored, and then taking it to government. We've already met with our local MP and we'll be meeting with another MP in education soon. So please, before you listen any further, take out 15 minutes to complete our survey. In the long run, it'll help you and everyone in education. Anyway, let's get to Martin's interview. So Martin, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast today. I think you were coerced into it. Well, I've had my hair done everything this weekend, so it took me hours. <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast, um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a visual this. one, that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a visual one. But um, yeah, take a look on the YouTube video um, for Martin's new haircut. <laughs> um, so you've been working with us at Classroom Secrets for how long? Uh, seven, eight months now, I think. Seven, eight since, months, yeah. and you've made a really big impact. You've moved into the innovations team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had Aaron, Aaron on last week, who um, is in the innovations team. Yeah. So you're doing amazing things. Um, obviously, I'm talking to you about life-work balance today, because, yeah. and, the, and the angle that we're going for is that you were previously a deputy head. Um, so do you want to give me like your life story <laughs> in its full entirety? Like how you got into teaching and everything like that? Yeah, um, I suppose I've always wanted to be a teacher, really. Uh, I can remember being at primary school myself thinking back then, you know, like to be, which is a bit unusual, I suppose. Uh, you know, normally, um, you know, for all those things like wanting to be an astronaut or yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, but, Especially as a boy, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, but I've uh, even back then, I remember thinking I wanted to be a, mm. a primary school teacher. I did 
So I did also remember once did I finished computers because when I was at primary school the uh, ZX Spectrum, which might be a bit of reference for some people and things. It's that's how long ago it was. Um, that was the kind of computer market. The computer uh, home computers were sort of coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, this was before, still before kind of. Uh, the I think I remember the logo. Now. Was it loads of different colours? Yeah, like a sort of stripe thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I had that and Amiga as well. But so I kind of got interested in computers, but I could never kind of shake the this wanted to be a, a mm. teacher myself. Yeah. And that's kind of what what I worked towards really. I, even though I was, well, was interested in in computers and uh, and computing, it's mm. uh, I, I kind of pursued it uh, career as a as a teacher. So. Uh, I went to college, went to uni, um, and quite. I did uh, in, in as part of my university course. I did take a couple of years out. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the various circumstances that led up to it, but it kind of felt right to take a couple of years out. And I went to work in, as a programmer, an analyst programmer for um, for Grattan wow. uh, in Bradford. Yeah. Um, uh, so in their IT department, uh, but then. I wanted to finish my degree and, yeah. uh, and go into teaching after that. So I did enjoy that and I, uh, and I still sort of have an interest in, in sort of computing and coding, but went back into being a teacher. In Classroom Secrets Kids? Uh, yes, in Classroom uh, yeah. Secrets Kids so as it's well. So yeah. it all comes around, doesn't yeah. it? You see, it all, all feeds in. Mm-hmm. You know, when you had those um, two years out then, do you think that that helped you as a teacher because you kind of had life experience because some people sort of go into teaching later don't they and they say that the life experience helps them um yeah certainly it was uh, i suppose building relationships and that kind of uh, with with, with mm. people as well you know the, the different environment like that because i was still quite quite young at the time then yeah, going yeah. into uh, kind of an, uh, an office environment sort of out of uni which i know a lot of people do but it's it's you kind of uh, it did help me in, in that front really uh, mm. i suppose in um sort of people yeah uh, interactions things like that maybe. yeah okay so you you finished your degree what's next um i went straight into well, the school that i had done my final placement in um okay. so yeah they still employed me even though they sort of see me for a uh, best part of a term which I, do you know what i always think is a really good a really good thing if you know if the school employs you then they obviously really like you because they've You've got a really good view mm. of you. Yeah, I, well, I really, I did enjoy it there. That so that the, yeah. that was a, a school over in uh, in, in Bradford Great Horse, and um, so I went I went into um, year five there. It was one of the uh, trickiest classes, I suppose, at the time you would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, what better phrasing? Um, do, you, do you find that throughout your career, because you're male, that you've kind of been given sometimes the more tricky classes? Um, because there is the bit of that sometimes, isn't there? I don't know. I don't know if I've consciously felt that. I think it was that was where they sort of the, the class that opened up at the time, I suppose, for for a job. Yeah. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was necessarily organised for me to to take that. Even yeah, yeah. I knew I was kind of going for it, but um, and no, I mean, I've I've had I have had a few. Uh, more challenging classes, I suppose, but then mm. I suppose you get different challenges in all sorts of in all yeah, sorts of ways true. as well. So yeah, yeah. I've not 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 consciously felt that or that I've been given that because of you know gender. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But uh, but no, so I went to that school and um, I spent so five years or so there, five six years at that school, and then uh, um, I moved again uh, to another school, not geographically that far away mm. uh, in in Thornton in Bradford, um, and I was there until. Uh, unfortunately, it, well, the, the school went through a lot of different changes over time uh, that I was there. 
um, and I kind of moved up to being QSA's leader in that school and then assistant head and uh, eventually deputy head and then we went through academization uh, mm-hmm. with Focus Trust which uh, considering you know well Focus Trust were absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. uh, they were a great academy, a great map to work for um, and I know from his sort of hearing other people in other parts of the country I know mm. that there are certain mats you can't always say that about yeah uh, whereas I can't really fault focus trust at all mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately um, this last year although we saw it coming for a few years uh, with all the government cuts and funding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the school was just finding it more and more difficult so there was a couple of uh, there was like a, a couple of rounds of redundancy that the school mm-hmm. had to make with um, uh, teaching assistants, uh, mm-hmm. but eventually they, they kind of bit so, so hard that it came down to yeah. uh, myself. And there were two deputies at the school because it was a three parliamentary school, so it's quite mm-hmm. big. Um, so one of us had to be made redundant, but myself and the other deputy had seen the, the writing on the wall yeah, well before yeah. it became official. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that we saw we had any advance notes, we just saw the finances. We were the, both on the governing uh, body, um, yeah. not as official governors, but we were there. And we took part in the governor's meeting, so we kind of saw the kind of things that, that came through when we uh, we uh, knew it was on the, on the way. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. At that point, I had already in my head decided that I wanted to sort of move away from education mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the direct, you know, yeah. education teaching yeah. in schools. Um, uh, that that's over time, I just became more and more. I know sort of disillusioned might be the right word, but. Um, you can only take it for so long sometimes, can't you? Yeah. Well, I suppose this is probably the best word, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, become, I've been aware of myself um, losing that kind of uh, enthusiasm yeah. for, the, for the job, yeah. Yeah. which I'd had for a long, long time. And it, was not, not necessarily, it wasn't the fault of the, the school or the mm-hmm. trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more the wider world of education and the way yeah. it's gone over the time that I've been a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I thought, well... It, but myself and the other deputy had, had talked about uh, uh, what would happen, and she was saying the deputy, saying, "Well, I, I, I will find something else." You know, she she had aspirations, and I think she still does has, has aspirations to be ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was saying, "Well, I'll go." You know, it's it will, and I, but in my head, I'd already kind of decided. Yeah. You know, when it comes to it, and, and it's yeah. all there in in, in print. Yeah. Uh, I will take the voluntary redundancy because mm-hmm. uh, I thought if I was if I'm getting older now, so if I was going to make a change. Um, now, why put it off? Yeah, um, yeah. And I did. I just felt if I carried on in education, I probably would have become even more mm. um, jaded by it. I suppose. Yeah, and I suppose you have to do what's going to make you happy. Yeah, and yeah. you can get to a point it doesn't make you happy. And I, I just wanted a, a change of a change of uh, a job and try something different. And uh, it was very fortuitous that there was actually an opening here yeah. in Classroom Secrets yeah. that it came about just at the right time. Really, you know for. Yeah. Um, and it was still linked to education, which I didn't, you know, it's good to, I wanted to keep that, that mm-hmm. side of it if I could. Um, and I suppose the big, I, I loved creating the kind of things for the children and the resources, yeah. so it fitted yeah. perfectly. Yeah. And since you've been here as well, we've had changes and things and, and you've had um, opportunity to move into different things and who knows what's next as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exciting. Um, okay, thank you. So, you, how long were you teaching for? 18 years yeah. so in those 18 years then what do you what do you feel changed oh, uh, loads um, I, when I, I mean when I first started it was uh, the kind of you know the, the kind of planning and I, 
the resourcing and that kind of thing. Obviously, before I was, when I started teaching things like projectors and things, mm. it was still a blackboard, you know, a chalk, yeah. a chalkboard, say, on the, on the, yeah. on the wall. Um, so I kind of saw the projectors and the technology come into the classrooms yeah. a lot. So that's been a huge change. Especially really. with being interested in IT as well. Yeah, yeah. So I, I love doing all that, you know, getting involved in that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. In fact, mm-hmm. I think if you've got in, if you're in school and you have a little bit of technical understanding, and I'm, I'm not an expert by any, mm-hmm. by any stretch in terms of hardware and that, but I think if you're in school and you've got any kind of technical understanding, you become a bit of a go-to person oh, for problems, really do. Um, which I found was the case. Um, and as we sort of brought computers and things in, and mm-hmm. uh, and they 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 that expanded and the technology increased. That mm-hmm. was it was it was it was great for you know adding things to to make your lessons more yeah. um, sort of interactive um, and engaging and. Uh, and just to open up new possibilities to the way mm-hmm. you teach, really. So that was a big thing that came in. I saw a lot of um, oh, tons of initiatives come and go, and uh, an <laughs> yeah. awful lot of those kind of things. And and, and a very big one, uh, and the accountability, I think, and, mm-hmm. and Ofsted, which played a big part in really why I made the decisions that I did. Yeah. Um, uh, that that obviously became ever more of a growing issue, really, in yeah. the, uh, in, 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 in the educational world. So in terms of workload, do you think the workload increased over that time or changed? Yes, I would say probably. It, it, I mean, teaching has always been a job, I think, that you know, I, don't, I don't think anyone goes into teaching at all thinking it's going to be um, easy or, or that, or it's, it's going to be a job mm. where they don't have to sort of put a lot in. I think there's always been that, even when I started, that kind of, it's an unwritten expectation that you, yeah, you is, put yeah. in. Yeah. You know, a lot more hours than you actually paid for. You think you paid for something like twenty three something when it pans out for yeah, the, yeah. Uh, a week. You know, and and in fact, you that, that easily do double that. I think most a lot of teachers. Oh yeah, and, and yeah, I, I, more, cer- yeah. I certainly found that. Found that I was doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, workload. When I first started, you could do your sort of planning on one one site, one one sheet of paper for like English or math things yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose that's generals were school um, but certainly over the time over the time I was teacher you saw the expectations mm. grow when you'd have to sort of put more detail in as, as school yeah. to make sure they were covering all the base and things like that. Yeah sometimes I felt that you had to kind of write it was like writing a script and then um, it's almost like you had to deliver it without looking at your script you had to memorize it mm. for every single lesson. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an crazy it's, it's, really. It's a performance isn't it? Yeah. To remember your lines. It's a it? performance. Okay so in your opinion, then, as an ex-deputy head, where do you think the life-work balance problem and the workload problem stems from? Um, I think it's, it, when, it's, when I read on Twitter and Facebook and those kind of groups, I think there's a very quick jump to blame SLT in mm. schools oh, yeah. for, for it um, because they're the kind of visible face of why teachers are doing the different jobs that they're asked to do. Yeah. Um, but I do think... And in some cases, I'm sure that is... Fair, you know. I'm yeah. sure a lot of there might be uh, SLTs out there that, that do impose those kind of things unnecessary workloads, and it, it comes from them um, rather than elsewhere. But I think, but, to, but them being afraid, I guess as well. Yeah, well, I think I think Which all the kind, whenever people complain or teachers complain about uh, the workload and the tasks has to do it, it, for them, it, it is coming from an SLT. It will be coming from an mm. SLT or the mat. Um, but I think looking beyond that, for me. A massive problem in education moment is the accountability culture and the, sort of the blame culture, accountability culture, and an Ofsted. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, they are. Uh, I, I've seen that that change a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. 
arguably now for the for the better there's some things that they're doing now that I certainly approve of um, but I think they are a, a huge mm. reason um, behind why SLTs do what they do and you always get the argument of um, don't just do it for Ofsted you know mm. Ofsted are, are, should be there. but it, the problem is that the education system at the moment is built in, in sort of so such a high stakes environment mm. Um, that if you fail an offset or if you perceive to fail an offset, it's it's jobs on the line then. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you have targets to meet, um, which certainly we did have, I know that's kind of moving out of it now. Certainly, the, the kind of percentages and the data is mm-hmm. moving moving out of the uh, out of the view of offset now. Uh, it's it's still there, and it and certainly in the past it's been there, and that's why I think a lot of decisions have been taken that they have by by SLTs it's kind of that blanket thing as well though isn't it it's like it feels like it's a very blanket approach it doesn't matter what children you've got in your class that you need to um get a percentage to this and a percentage to that Mm. and um I remember when I were in secondary it just seemed really crazy to me that um my performance management or how well I was doing could be related to whether a year 11 turned up to my class or not mm-hmm. as if I was responsible for that yeah at the end of the day year 11 pretty much an adult how do you what what do you say to that you know oh all my class have got used because they didn't turn up all right okay yeah. then yeah it's a, it's there's a lot of unfairness in the system I think and yeah. it's it's the kind of unflexibility of certain parts of it um that that have caused that that problem certainly yeah, yeah. I think yeah it's um it's I do find a bit of a I want a bit of, bit of a balancing act, I suppose, in terms of my views on it, because um, I think you know you need. Remember what my primary school was like when I was at primary school. It was literally work out of a textbook, mm. um, and I I really struggled with that. You know, a lot yeah. of things I picked up, I arguably could have picked up sooner if yeah. some of the teaching in my primary school had been different to how it was. Better. <laughs> yes, better. <laughs> yeah. um, so it wasn't until sort of secondary school when I, when when a sort of lot of things clicked into place for me a lot more. Um, but it was literally out of a textbook. You know, it was mm. a Fletcher Maths, I think it was. And That's made, amazing because I, I can't even remember looking at a textbook in primary school. Or like, maths and English were just all out of textbooks. Wow. I mean, you did a lot of writing in the books as well. But there were yeah, you worked through page this on Fletcher Maths, page that on mainline English. Oh really? So uh, that was my. Can you remember from, them as well? I, I remember That's the really names good, and yeah. they haunt me. <laughs> she did them so often. <laughs> But I and I struggle. I did struggle with that, and you know, you were lucky. I think if certainly in some of the classes that I in my primary school, um, you were lucky if a teacher got up out of the chair sometimes really? for, for quite a while. You know, whereas I do, rem- I do remember my uh, year six teacher being sat in a chair a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I think, you know, and it's kind of going back that way in, in some senses. She would mark the books in the lesson from the previous day, and you'd get called up when he was doing yeah. something else. But in a way. That was better because at least you actually got to know the real reason why you got it wrong. Yeah, yeah. It is, I I think that the way the kind of way I was taught wasn't great for for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it obviously it did work for a lot of you know my, my peers, I suppose. But um, but I I do I remember the long lines at the teacher's desk when you finished an activity and you right. got it Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Then. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's kind of really frowned upon now. Oh yeah. Um, I mean my teaching sort of constantly moving around the room yeah, and yeah. talking to groups and helping them yeah, and yeah. Um, individuals or groups things like that so having an eye on everything whereas that wasn't my experience so I think you know when you think back to sort of how education was Ofsted does serve that purpose yeah and I think Ofsted serves a valuable purpose in that respect 
Um, I don't have an answer. I wish I did. I suppose, I suppose but the um, it's kind of almost gone too far now, where mm. uh, where it is it has made it high stakes for for SLT for head teachers. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm not. I think it's that that's the the problem um, that influences the decisions head teachers and maths make, mm. that then impacts on teacher workload and the demands of of teachers in school. I think for me, when I think back as well. I suppose I just felt like you were never going to succeed 100% in a lesson because there were too many plates to spin mm -hmm. in that lesson. It was, oh, include that initiative, include this initiative. You know, this child needs that differentiation here, differentiation, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. This child doesn't speak English. All these kind of plates that you have to spin in every single lesson, yeah. it's really hard to kind of get anything embedded. Um, and yeah, then you do all that preparation outside to hope that you can just get 80% right in mm. that lesson. Yeah, so over plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah I suppose so, yeah. 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 Did you ever want to become a head teacher? No, for the, for the very reasons, really, of, of uh, the kind of the accountability. And, and um, I never really had a problem with Ofsted when I was a teacher. Um, I quite, I didn't mind them sort of coming doing observations, things like that. Yeah, mm. That was the, but uh, I found it was a lot more stressful I suppose and nerve-wracking as, as a member of SLT mm. when they would sort of come and ask you questions and you and I always felt I have to know the answer straight away and yeah I don't have the best memory for those kind of things you know so you say what was the percentage of um you sort of you know, the this, this group of children two years back in year six yeah um, I don't have the best memory for that either but there are people that are other SLT who do you know and, and yeah. I, I always felt well I'm letting the side down here by not knowing these things off the top of my head, yeah. and that kind of played in my mind. And certainly, like the offset that we that we had before the one prior to a year, a couple of years before I um, finished, mm -hmm. that was um, I, I found that very the most difficult yeah. by far that I'd done because I was sort of very anxious about things. Yeah. I, I yeah. managed to keep it covered up, I think, but uh, in my head it was I was just. 100 miles an hour and ter almost terrified of sort of being asked a question that I didn't know the answer to straight away because I thought well, I'm going to be the one that lets this school down when yeah. we're going to get special yeah. measures because of me. Yeah. Um, I know that's not, and, uh, I, I, I even Ofsted themselves, I, I think I'm being unfair to Ofsted there as, a, as an organisation, as, as an ethos, because I know that it wouldn't necessarily come yeah, down to just me. But it's so helpful to hear you say that because I think, do you know, I think that's how I felt about Ofsted mm. and I wasn't in any position of leadership and if you're saying that, and I'd be saying that, how many mm. people are thinking that? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Probably. You know, and I think, I bet there's a lot of teachers and members of SLT out there that mm. think that, you know, it's it's not necessarily Ofsted themselves. It's kind of like what you end up playing that out to be yeah. because it's such a scary thing. I do think Ofsted do have a lot. To, like I say I think they serve a purpose. I think it's, they're, they're a valuable organisation in terms of making sure that things mm. happen in... Um, as it should, I think it's just to to come down to two days in your school mm. um, that can end your career. Yeah, um, it, and I suppose you know in SLT it can end your career. Yeah, it and it frequently does. You yeah, know, it's uh, for a lot of people, and it's uh, and in in some circumstances where safeguarding has been a problem, absolutely that's you, know, you can't you can't yeah. mess around with that. But I think. The way the system is at the moment, it is just mm. twelve, and it comes down to the personality of the inspectors. And I've, I've met, well, I've met a lot of uh, mm. uh, consultants who were yeah. either serving inspectors. I know, I know now they can't do that, but this was back when they were yeah. additional inspectors. You know, I've met plenty of 
um, officer inspectors who I've thought, well, I wouldn't want you judging me, the way you're talking about people, just things yeah. in general now, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I might be a bit unfair to some of them who they can leave out the door and be and conduct it very impartially, but I do think there's a lot of personalities in, that come into play and yeah. things like that. I, I don't inspectors. know because I, I think, you know, I've um, heard recently about some recent um, Ofsted inspections that I know about um, where maybe it hasn't been fair or it mm. is, you know, very led by um, an agenda. But then I've also, you know, I interviewed Nicola James who said it was great, you know, it mm. was all very um, above board. So I suppose we don't really have a way of knowing, do we? Well, that's because every inspection is different, every inspector is, it's, is it's different. It's the consistency. What what We're still not sure about the consistency and how they were ever going to regulate it to make it consistent when it's all over the country. Yeah, I know. I, I, it is a, it, I, I think it is you're quite right. It plays such a big a big part, though, in, in kind of... Yeah. The, the workload, because a lot of things are done because of Ofsted or because it's what Ofsted wants to see. Now, yeah. Ofsted will be the first themselves to say, yeah. we don't have we don't want to see X, Y, and Z. But over time, those things have built up because yeah. they, you, you know they are going to want to and, see it at and, some and point. And even though they say, oh, we don't want to see X, Y, and Z, I'm still hearing stories where inspectors have gone into school and asked for something mm. that Ofsted say they don't need. Yeah. And they're asking for it and then... It's like, oh, but you don't have the evidence of that. I did read um, something though. Difficult. The, it is. It's a, I did read something the other, day, the other day though about them saying you know, that someone was saying off that are very self-reflective, and I think they are. Um, you know, I don't want to sort of sound like we shouldn't have Ofsted at all, but I think the the, the format it's in um, still just isn't right. It's moving in the right direction. I think Amanda Spielman's played a, a lot to do with that. Mm. I think Michael Wilshaw was sort of the his days were the kind of worst for Ofsted in my experience mm. so so mm. far. Because um, that just felt with him and, and Michael Gove uh, in particular as well. There was um, the kind of... It, it feel the face, it, 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 just it, the face. I'll sum up my feelings better than words could at the moment. But um, it, it did become a bit of a sort of teacher bashing. It did yeah, feel a lot it like was it, very it, teacher bashing. It, 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 did, feel, it did feel that, very yeah. negative towards, towards yeah. teachers and, and schools and you know, it became sort of us versus them. Mm. Um, and I know with Austin it is going to be. It is going to be us and them. Um, but... Because they they have to come in and do and do their job of evaluating the school, but I just think the way it's set up at the moment, it's it's too punitive too quickly. Um, mm. And so it, somebody once said to me, which I thought was great, um, they said, "Imagine if Ofsted inspectors went into a school and if they sort of failed the school, as it were, they had to stay on and be the consultant to turn the mm. school around. How different would it be that be then?" And I thought. That is, was it you who said it actually? Somebody said that I to me. Know, but, uh, and I thought that was a great, mm. a great point. And I thought, yeah, I think a lot of them will be different. But the other thing is, is that they're never going to turn around and sort of, I feel like they need to do a training session with SLT and head teachers and go, look, this is the kind of things we want to see. These are the kind of things we don't want to see. And, and it's never that clear. It's like a message on Twitter. <laughs> mm. You know, it's never like, right, we're going to do a national conference and you can all come and we'll show you some good examples and we'll show you some bad examples and this is exactly clear cut. Mm. It's like, oh no, be creative within yourself. Don't worry about uh, us coming in. Don't worry yeah. about us coming in and judging you on standards that you don't really mm. know. Yeah. And no, you'd never expect a child to sit that test. No, I... I Having, it's having, difficult. Having spoken, I mean, I, I, as much as I said, I've met some people, some inspectors, some inspectors who I thought I wouldn't want you to go. I have met quite a lot though who 
you would have, have no problem with you know the mm. same like very, in that potluck though absolutely I mean that's that's that is that is part of the problem I think it depends who it can depend I think who walks through your door yeah um, but the ones there have been people who've gone in had teachers who were who were service officer inspectors as well who said that the Ofsted training has been some of the best they've been on now I've not had that myself obviously mm-hmm. I've not been an inspector but if it is that good then yeah why not open it up a little bit you know, and to... te- teach everyone yeah and, um, when I interviewed Jane Considine she had the um, Ofsted training and she she trained to be an Ofsted inspector and um, I, I remember sort of saying oh you know I, I kind of don't like I don't like to um, let that be known because um I didn't really agree with it. And I said, but the fact that you've done it is actually really helpful to schools. And mm. even though it was a while back, you did that because it was great um, for your kind of training because you knew what Ofsted kind of agenda was and you could make sure that you were advising the schools in the right way mm. to pass to pass it. Yeah. You know? and, and I suppose that that'll be, again, what Ofsted wouldn't, they, they don't want people to sort of have training that's going to help them pass off their exactly. commerce because they want to see what's there but then if you have a situation where people can be out of jobs for not doing what you what what the inspectors who are yeah. in your school want to see in, two, in just two days then people are naturally her SLT and her teachers are they're naturally going to worry about that something Michael Wilshire I remember him sitting at the education um, uh, in the the select committee education select committee in the government and it, it was some one of his little throwaway comments just stuck with me so something like um, the I don't know any head teacher that doesn't worry about their Ofsted grade and I was saying well if, if it's that if it's fair and it, mm. sh- and it works head teachers shouldn't need to worry about their Ofsted grade there should be uh, no one should need to worry at all because you should know what, what it's going to be and the fact that you don't yeah. and it can be so variable depending on who walks through your door and what they see and just so you could just see just those two days doesn't sit right with me in terms mm. of creating a culture of, Im- of support and improvement it just feels that far too the, the risk of the punitive yeah. um, consequences is, is too great. And if they were so sure that what they expected to see was making a difference, then why wouldn't they want to train everybody on mm. sort of how to do it? But that tells me that maybe they're not so sure that the ways mm. that they would say to do things would have the right impact, would mm. make the results better. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're doing a lot of talking about often. Yes, um, but this is good. Um, Okay, so were you a teaching deputy? Uh, yeah, uh, not for, when I first became a deputy, no, there was a couple of years where I wasn't. Uh, I can't remember how many years it was now, but um, there was myself and the other deputy, because uh, I had all the data side of things, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that was my area, and the, dep- the other deputy was the uh, sort of safeguarding and, mm-hmm. and teaching and learning and that kind of development. Yep. Um, so, uh, and that was quite a big a big job really mm. for our sort of areas although they did have overlaps were quite sort of big jobs so mm-hmm. um that was a, a non-teaching role but as the cut starts to bite the funding and that's mm. another thing as well that i think is causing a lot of the recruitment and retention problems mm-hmm. as well as the sort of funding in, into schools and classrooms um as that starts to affect us more uh i the last year i was in there or nearly a full year that I was there uh, I was in a teaching deputy as well for that, and that, and that was quite nice because I sort of I spent quite a few years not being in class yeah, and to go yeah. back in and do that, even though it was uh, this kind of workload I suppose increased with that uh, mm. even more than it than it was. I did enjoy that. So how thinking. many how many days were you in the class then? Uh, two, two full days. Two. So how much did your workload increase at that point? Um, well, it's back to in the sort of resource um, yeah. preparation, which hadn't been there. I think being um, 
SLT, I found that the, the workload changed. The amount of time that it took up didn't really. So, uh, but that again, that can be, I suppose, different, different, different people and different mm. circumstances. But for me, I would, as a class teacher, I would regularly, you'd be working the, in the evenings, you'd be mm -hmm. sort of there as early as you could to get things set up for the day and after school, there's kind of marking or taking that home. Uh, and then there'd be the planning and preparation, which I would always lose at least a day at the weekend, yeah. um, sometimes a day and a half. Uh, to do to do that, um, and I found that as a as a leader, moving into SLT, um, the kind of the the work change was more paperwork. I was all paperwork, but it was more of the sort of looking at the policies and data yeah. and procedures and things like and uh, documents for NQTs and people that like that and things that um, that kind of thing was there where which replaced the. Uh, yeah, the planning and preparation for the classroom. So did you? So did you still sort of do that work on a Sunday and on an evening as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And your wife's a teacher as well. Yes. So yes, you must yes. have found that quite tricky then um, with your children. Yes. Yeah. She well, my wife's got a, a, a sort of better, a, a much more stable, I suppose, work life balance. She'll love that I'm saying that. Yeah. Uh, she got a much more stable work life balance than me. I think she was. Uh, uh, she found those kind of things. Uh, but I, I suppose I was not that not that my wife isn't meticulous. <laughs> <She's watching. laughs> um, but uh, I I would go to maybe the nth degree when I didn't need to about things. Yes, yeah, and so. I think do you know I find that about a lot of people working at Classroom Secrets really. Um, mm. But that means that you've got to be a certain personality type mm. to survive in teaching long term. I guess um, you just need to. I feel like it's walking this tightrope of whether of good is good enough. And how do you know? Yeah, well, yeah, well, at what point do you stop? Yeah. You know, I found it quite quite difficult. I, I, I couldn't sure judge that, that either. Yeah, I wanted to make sure <laughs> all my PowerPoints and things on presentations were just right and yeah. try and add in things to make it engaging and things. But I probably didn't need to. It would have been okay as it was. But Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's down to your confidence as well. Like, I would try and have everything on my PowerPoint, especially in my first year of teaching primary, because I would be learn. I would be relearning that maths concept um that I was about to teach or sometimes learning it new because we didn't do it that way when I was at school or it was yeah. a new way like the chunking method I had to learn that from YouTube I think yeah. and even then I was like is this the way the school teaches it I don't know um so then you kind of want all your notes because you don't have any time to learn it so you're learning it a few days before and just crazy. Isn't a it? lot of things came out of from my um, yeah. you know, when I was a teacher, when I was uh, throughout my career that were different. So yeah, I mean the bus stop method of division for for example, oh, you yeah, know, what I yeah. call a bus stop method that disappeared. That was really frowned upon it uh, for quite a long time. And now it's come back in. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Are oh, you allowed now? Yeah. Now it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So really, you need you need that scaffolding for yourself. Mm. Um. Unless unless you're so confident with it. Um, so did you, did you feel like teachers were reluctant to kind of ask for help if they needed it? Um, I think teachers in general are the kind of people, I think, uh, I think there's a big, with the, with the big focus now, the, the bigger focus on, on, um, on, on work-life balance, uh, mm -hmm. and it's sort of mental health, well-being, mm -hmm. those kind of things have, Become coming over the last few years a lot more than they were never there really. It was never sort of talked about when I first started. Uh, but I think teachers in general are the kind of people that will keep going as long as they can and and see yeah. see asking for help or saying they find it difficult. It, 
I think the 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 over the overwhelming personality type amongst teachers is not to want to do that kind of thing. In my experience, yeah. I found a lot of people want to. They're very you know, so so committed to doing the job as well as they can yeah. that they a lot of people see that as a as a weakness and it's not. It's all, you yeah. Know, and it, so yeah, in my experience, it was it was if if, if people asked for help it was because it got to a point where they had to um thankfully it, it didn't happen very often but it you know, was too late yeah. yeah i guess as well and and so we had this conversation slightly earlier i think from my point of view if, if i were a teacher now and i had to come to you i'd think well what's the point in coming to you because it's not like you can take any of the work away because mm. when you're giving it to me for a reason um and you know, you're not going to be able to mark my books for me anyway because I taught them and mm. what what really could be taken away. Yeah. I feel like that was the only solution anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, if you're going to ask for, for that help, though, it's, it's kind of what tips can you get as well if you frame it perhaps more like that. If that's framed like that to an SLT moment, then it kind of might help that the way it's put across, I suppose, and you mm. can get... And there's always things, I suppose, things that... Uh, people can suggest that might help but yeah I know I take your point it's uh, the work doesn't doesn't reduce yeah, it's still no, doing it in one way or another no and I think now I would I would appreciate any tips mm. but I think at the time I didn't really think anyone could tell me to do it a different way no, and it still no. be correct or mm. like the perfection thing mm. like it was as good as it should be mm. that kind of thing I think it's difficult. Kind of, it is, and I think as well that another contrib- contributing factor to those kind of issues is is the different schools and the different localities that they are, and the different mm. um, societal problems that different schools have as well. Because you know, you're not just a teacher; you're a social worker. Yeah, you know, all the lo- extra things you, you have to remember. You're, you're, you're looking out for the sort of pastoral side for, for the children, and uh, you mm. know, it's you might things that can add to teachers' workloads in one school might not be in another, but there might yeah. be different pressures for them. But you know, there's there's all sorts of other things that and. Every, can, that can crop up at a moment's notice and add to your workload that day as well. I do wonder as well, because obviously I left teaching before I had children, um, and now I have children, and, and sometimes I feel like my work now can suffer a little bit, and I do wonder if it had made me a better teacher in that I would have had to let some things slide, um, mm. because you just it's actually physically impossible. Like You can't spend all day working Sunday when you've got a one and a three-year-old. No, uh, but, I mean, for, from my perspective, that was, if, if, if my wife hadn't been there, yeah. uh, I would have found that. Really you know, difficult. Because I, I would have, I, I don't know how, I'm thinking back, I don't know what I would have done because, no. uh, you know, it's, uh, like I said, with, with, with her having a better sort of organisation, that kind of thing than perhaps I did. Um, the, but that's what I lost out. I've, looking back to it now, I've probably lost out because of that, the time that I didn't spend with on, the, on those weekends yeah. with with the kid, with my children, I'm not going to get back now either. What, what year group does she teach? Uh, six. 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 Wow. six for a long time. So I guess that helps as well. Obviously, she's in year six, but if you're allowed to, to sort of teach that year group for a long time, um, there's a local school, and um, they seem to keep their teachers in the year in the same year group mm. for quite a while instead of moving them and I, I think that's a gift because you become an expert in that year group you can reuse and tweak you're not starting from scratch all the time yet there are schools who like deliberately move people every year just to make sure they can't reuse it like it's a crime mm. you know and you think actually isn't it better that we become experts yeah um, and we learn from what didn't go well last year um 
I think there comes a point as well that it's it's you want to. I, I think it's right. You know, I, mean, I was in six for a long time as well. I was yeah. I was a year six teacher for quite a long time, um, and I, th- I think year six is a bit of a tricky year group yeah. in schools because I think the, the schools want to, once you've got someone who knows uh, how it's going in year six, they don't. Those are the year groups that don't, 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 don't usually get moved, um, yeah. and it's the other ones where you tend to find that yeah. uh, sort of moving about much more frequently. Um, so yeah, there's swings and roundabouts to it, I think, because uh, mm-hmm. on the one hand you can get can spend so long in the year group that if you certainly year two or year six are the ones where because they're the sats years yeah yeah and that's another another thing as well the the, uh, the accountability uh, pressures and things yeah um but those two year groups are difficult to kind of difficult to get out of i suppose if you've got someone in there who's who you know is reliable and also it's it's the risk isn't it from slt of like oh if we put somebody in there or or you know if if both people left at the same time then where do you start and how do you support them and it's difficult mm. Um, okay, so did you um, did you have any well-being initiatives at your school? Um, just as it were kind of coming in, wasn't it? Um, yeah, there was. We always looked out. We always tried to. But certainly, one of the things that I I was very conscious of was trying to uh, make sure that things like marking, which I found from in the classroom, was the thing that took up a lot of the time in yeah. marking and going yeah. through. That was my uh, worst job. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean when I, when I started, it was. You, you would look over it, tick, and that was that was okay. Yeah. You know, and that was that was fine. Um, and then over the years, things like you know, colours came in and having to put two stars and a wish. And I mean, I'm not saying that was, that was the schools I was in. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just saying in generally, there was all these all these all these kind of things. Oh, Paragraphs. Yeah, and you had to put the some you had to mention so many words. You had to refer back to the uh, objective or things like that. You had to or, make sure or, the writing was perfect. Yeah. So those kind of step, those kind of things came in and. Uh, and again, was, that was driven a lot by what Ofsted wanted to see, or yeah. what the, so, although they would say they didn't, all those kind of things they wanted to see in the books, the evidence they wanted in the books, it was there, you know, evidence for Ofsted. Um, and I was very conscious of trying to get rid of that. When I became a deputy, I wanted to try and reduce that mm. uh, as much as possible. And again, I'm not saying that the schools I was in were doing it mm-hmm. uh, badly at all, um, but in my but head, I was, I, I was trying to find those, those little wins for, for, for teachers as much as I could. Um, so I was trying to push the, to try and can we look at this? Can we mm-hmm. do we need to have that? Um, and I, you know, for the school we were in, it was because uh, our high school, uh, there was kind of that one that real looking at everything we we're doing to try and make sure things were there for when they next came in to mm-hmm. get to good. You know, um, so if you were a, a school that was in serious weaknesses or especially as I can imagine, even you know the kind of pressure would be even mm-hmm. greater. Um, but. So there was that angle of it, trying to reduce those kind of things that I know from my experience as a teacher mm. were the things the most time-consuming, things like marking. So I was always, always looking for ways to do that, and I was mm. trying to put forward, I, I put forward ideas and things, and we all did. Um, I know as well the um, another thing they did was trying to find days that they could have, you know, like, mm. so they one day every so often to go out and do, do yeah, your own thing, you know, nice. uh, and one of the things they did was to look at if people did clubs and things like that if they. If they're willing to sort of run sort of after school things for half an hour or things that, that, that for a, a short period of time, then to sort of pay that back through through a day a day for themselves, mm. um, and that I think went was quite well received. And that that's really nice to hear that because I was really hoping that you weren't going to say yes. We did compulsory yoga <laughs> 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 because some schools kind of do do that. Um, mm. But do you know what? What they want is time, and yeah. what you've given them back is time. It's it, there's always there's, there's always probably a hundred and one things you can do. As uh, uh, even beyond that, um, again, it's that it, 
it comes down to can you afford the uh, you know the, the person to to cover them and uh, yeah. uh, and when you with the financial situation it's it's every it did get to a stage where it's all every penny counted but yeah. um but whatever we you can do on those kind of things is is, is good and, and if you don't want to do it you didn't have to and that's again some teachers mm. want to spend that time getting all that the things up to date and then that makes them mm. feel okay i guess as well I worked in a three form entry school twice and it just you just have a few more options because there's more members of staff and you can mm. you can spread the children out a little bit more and um makes it slightly easier I guess to cover those kind of things sometimes in a creative way whereas obviously if you like half form entry you don't really mm. have any options no. um and you don't really have a lot of money either <laughs> no I think the, the the small schools are probably find it a lot a lot trickier yeah yeah um, okay, so you were um, you were promoted to deputy head and assistant head in the school you were in. Um, so, do you feel that your relationships changed with colleagues? Um, you know, were they reluctant to kind of rant or chat um, to you? Yes and no. I think in some cases it did, but I I know I don't think I felt anything overtly changed um, from my perception. It was mm-hmm. obviously this. It is the first time you have to go in and sort of do observations or you're going on to sort of do walk around and look at what's going on in the school mm. and um, when they see someone who's who comes in who's from the SLT that you know there's, I think there's a natural sense there of oh, what they're in for you know and sometimes it, it wasn't necessarily observations or checking it was just to sort mm. of it can be just pass a message on or to go and to go to see what's happening um and the, so yeah that, I suppose that kind of thing it's uh, I never felt that people were different with me in a, in a sort of so really no, noticeable like you way. You didn't feel like you walked past and people jumped? No. Not like that, no. You're lucky because <laughs> upstairs sometimes I walk past people and they, <laughs> and they jump out of the way. And honestly, I'm the nicest person. Well, yeah. But they still jump. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you didn't experience that. I think I spent, um, maybe I spent, at the school, I was in, uh, it was because I was a teacher uh, yeah. for, for quite a long time before I sort of got promoted to me. So I think that probably... So you were still one of us. I think that's about how they might have received it. But I think, no, the kind of personality was there. It's, uh, it wasn't so much of an issue. Okay, good. Do you think... Um, so, obviously, when you went for the deputy head uh, job, did, did you feel like your workload would increase? Did you think it would stay the same? Were you hoping that you'd get a bit more time with your family? Um, I, well, the, the reality is I don't think it really... It didn't change too much in terms of the amount of time it took mm-hmm. or the amount of time I felt I had to put into it. I should rephrase it, as I suppose. Yeah. Um, I didn't go into it hoping for anything. I, I knew I wanted to become, um, or I knew I wanted to sort of move up and yeah. uh, and become key stage leader, maybe assistant head. I, when the deputy head came available, I didn't know if I would get it. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it before that uh, in too much detail. I, I knew for definite I didn't want to be a head teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was right up until I finished. I knew I wasn't. I was never going to sort of want to do that. That didn't change, but. Um, but going for it, I didn't go into it with any preconceived ideas of how mm. workload might change or get easier or get harder. And I just knew it would be sort of different responsibility. You must feel, you know, a sense of achievement, kind of moving up all those steps. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't. As I'm not the most. I was never. I never felt the most confident. I, I did a very interesting course with focus. Um, trust, which was for a lot of the assistant heads and deputy heads, they ran this uh, sort of two-day course, thing, mm-hmm. which which was really really useful. Um, and one of the things that I'd never considered that came up there was imposter syndrome. Now I'm not saying I had imposter syndrome, but yeah. 
the elements that were described of that, looking back and reflecting on myself, I suppose certain elements did come into it. I never quite felt like I was... Supposed doing, to be there. Yeah, I never felt like I was doing the job well. And I think, is that not teaching? Because I felt like that as, mm. as a teacher. You just, how can you do a job well that's impossible to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I never, I, I felt it more being a leader. Though, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I was worried. I was worried about was this lesson going to be good if someone walks yeah. in uh, and does an observation? How's this lesson going to go? So, yeah. I, I was worried about that. And obviously, it's it, it's it's interesting sort of talking to teachers after because I was I when I had to go and do observations like that mm-hmm. and, uh, and and drop ins and just see what thing, how things were going and, and give feedback. And um, so it was interesting sitting on both sides and sort of because mm-hmm. I was trying to make it as non uh, intrusive, as intrusive, but. For, I didn't want people to worry about me going, yeah, I wanted to be yeah. more supportive than punitive yeah, or anything yeah. like that. Um, and my experience with all the people that came in to see me, uh, even officer actually, you know, it, you got some useful feedback from it. Yeah. Um, so uh, going into it, I that that course, the, the, the leadership course, I felt like I, as a teacher, I felt more confident then in my ability as a teacher than I did as a leader. Mm. So it's two different, you know, the, the two sides of it were quite quite interesting and, looking and back it, on it now. And it's interesting kind of having to do the both jobs together as well. It's not ideal, mm. is it? Because um, you, you kind of just don't know where to focus. Yeah, they, they, sometimes it was tricky when things came up and you had to go and focus on that or that, but you look back and oh, God, do that later on. And yeah. uh, and it, it did become a bit more of a sort of juggle to sort of work out when things were going to get done from mm. a leadership perspective and when things were going to get done from a teaching yeah. perspective. Did you ever find when you were in your last um, couple of terms and you were teaching that some of the deadlines would completely clash? Um, again, I, I can say that, that might be an issue. For me, I never had that because mm. I was I was really sort of trying to be mindful of that ahead of time. Yeah, sort of yeah. it. But that was an added thing then because you have to sort of organise your time yeah, it, that, that far in advance, and obviously some things you can't organise because they come out of the blue. Yeah, yeah, of course they do. Yeah, but I suppose having to do your own assessments and have to check everyone's assessments and. Um, yeah, so it, it was interesting, sort of having to do it from uh, making sure my books uh, instead of all the things that we yeah. wanted to see, all the kind of the the like the presentation things. So having been on the other side of the fence, where you so you go and you get books and you have a look at them and you see yeah. what's going on in classrooms and think, well, these books are actually going to be looked at by the, yeah. other de- the other deputy in the head now, you yeah, know, yeah. am I setting the right, the, the example, you know, because yeah, you yeah. should be. You yeah, know, of course, you, you should yeah. be setting that example. So, but obviously then you've got that kind of in your head of, am I doing it? Uh, yeah. yeah, as well as I can And I suppose now. in some ways then the books are taking you longer because you're stressing yeah, and you've yeah. got to make sure that they're right and, oh I think my word, made, I feel stressed talking about this. Made, we have made quite a lot of changes that actually made, again, with the workload in mind, trying yeah, to yeah. reduce those kind of things over, over the years that... Um, I suppose that didn't impact me as much as it might mm. in other schools. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, if you could wave a magic wand, how would you solve the life-work balance problem? It's too. I think it's, it's way too big. A, yeah, but it's magic wand though. Um, instantly, reform Ofsted. Mm-hmm. Certainly, and the, the kind of accountability procedures. How that would look though to make it uh, win. I don't know, so yeah, I don't have the answer to that. Um, but I think just carrying on doing more of the same mm. isn't any good. Yeah. Um, so that I think that needs to change in terms of to, for recruitment, more money. Yeah. yeah. The, the schools just need more money. They kind of the most successful that I feel that the school I was at before I finished, the most successful we ever were um, when I was there was when we had 
money for the sort of TAs uh, yeah. to, have to, to put that support in for mm. you could really work with individual groups you could have them work outside the classroom working with this person that person the yeah. one-to-one the, the kind of looking after the kids that, that pastoral mm. side of things was was so much easier um, and then when we had the a huge um, a round of redundancy mm. and there was a, almost no over the course of a six weeks seven weeks you felt the atmosphere in school completely yeah. turn its head it changed yeah um, and it became a lot more challenging to do to achieve the things that, yeah. that you could have done before yeah. um so so yeah you, you just have to change your expectations as well don't you i think yes you do i, I think um perceptions of teachers as well and education mm. over it is yeah. it's a big problem there's kind of that instant it's the teacher's fault it's the school's fault yeah and yeah. it's not well in some cases it, i'm sure it is but and look at a lot of i think society and the way that's gone has a lot to answer for as well uh, yeah. ch- changes in society it's it's um being responsible by having no respect it's very difficult mm. to carry all the responsibility with no respect mm. um yeah difficult um where do you think education is going in the next 10 years um In in that's a very tricky one to think about. I I've I've sounded I know I'm aware I think I'm aware of sounding very sort of negative about education in a lot of things here because I've I've sort of come out of it at a time when it's not been sort of in the best place. Um, and over the so uh, my I think mom, you're just you're just talking about your experience, aren't you? At the end of the day. Yeah, I think my experience at the start though, if you, if if I'd finished, if I'd been in it a few years, and then for whatever reason I'd have to come out of it back then. I probably would have been a lot more positive mm-hmm. um, back in sort of mid two thousands that kind of time. I think it's over, it's changed a lot for the worse over time, and I think yeah, teachers are um, certainly I am a bit of a sort of glasses half empty about education, and mm. I think but that that's, that's a lot of things I've seen have happened to it haven't been for the best. Um, but having said all of that, it is a job that I loved, and, and yeah. you know if I went back into it, I would, would still. That being the class in, in the room in the classroom with the children and teaching them and yeah. having that sort of you know they try to make lessons engaging and fun and yeah. seeing them when they when they got yeah. something right or it worked for them that was great you know and that and that side of things you can't you know you, you, I can't knock at yeah. all and yeah. uh, I think it's the underlying things with the government that, have, that so the way it's going at the moment the next ten years if it carried on in this vein at the moment I don't suppose it'd be anything I don't I, it wouldn't be any more positive and perhaps no. worse but. Um, on the on the plus side of things, so if you to try and put a positive, uh, think about it positively, um, I think technology, where we've come from and to now, mm. has been a massive help. So that's going to grow, yeah. um, and I think there'll be all, all new innovative ways and, and things coming in. So I think in, on that sense of it, and you'll be part of that in the mm. innovations team. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, I mean, we're going to be using technology more, aren't we? Mm. Um, the question is how much and what technology I think really mm. um, but it's all a prediction Nobody knows. there's no real no. answer to this it's just what you think um, okay you've already told me what you wanted to be when you grew up um, a teacher is that right yep. yeah yeah um, so who inspired that who was your favorite teacher and why um, I did was known at primary school that, that stood out as I suppose in particular now that I'm thinking back um, even though I knew at primary school I wanted to be a teacher um, when I grew up, um, someone who stood out though in my in my secondary school though, um, Mrs. Watt, um, mm. maths teacher, because like I said, I struggled with maths particularly. I found 
uh, for whatever reason, I think it's I did a lot of sort of reading and writing. I love doing that at home, mm-hmm. um, which I suppose, is, if you think about it, on the sort of the gender side of things, is a bit mm. uh, less usual. Usually, the, that kind of thing I would you'd think yeah. being a boy struggle with more. But I, I really enjoy that side of things. The maths I found really quite tricky, and I think it's because of just working through page after page after page of a textbook. Mm without re- any sort of really going through it in more d- in detail like we do now in, in classrooms on the board uh, and, and helping children to understand it more step by step. I didn't have that, so I found certainly all the way through primary school maths a bit of a sort of fraction thing still, still filling with the trend because I just didn't yeah. understand them. Um, but Mrs Watt at secondary school, uh, the maths teacher was, was great. Um, and it, she took time out really to sort of make sure that people mm. understood it. Um, so she was sort of very clear. Would take, I say, take the time. So she, I suppose, not on the white on the life work balance side of things, it wouldn't be the best uh, thing to say. But she, uh, she would take time out at lunch times mm-hmm. or break times. She'd have children in class, groups of children who she'd notice were struggling. And she'd go through things and uh, and took that time out to help understand it. It didn't take long to do it, but just all but this is that. it. And, and after, you know, from teaching secondary. Sometimes, and, and also tutoring, sometimes it's a little quick wins. You know, it might have seemed to you that she did it every lunchtime, but she might not. She no, might I don't think, just no. done it. I don't think she did. I think it was just uh, a couple yeah. of times a week she would have those groups in. Cause I, and, yeah. and for, for a short while I was in those groups. Until you were fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, well, that's uh, nice, but I just felt, I found her sort of really kind of motivating for that. And yeah. um, she didn't stand out in any, in any other particular ways I suppose in terms of you know just she was very engaging and very thoughtful and methodical and mm-hmm. uh, the way she clearly explained things and uh, and it helped and the time yeah, she gave up so I do she helped me get my head around quite a few things in math which I've yeah. always appreciated. I love I love people's stories about um, who the favourite teacher is and why. Um, well thank you so much for sharing um, on the teacher's podcast it's been really interesting for everyone to listen to and I think it's just it's nice to hear it from like SLT's point of view really Mm. Um, and I think it's important that we cover that because like you say sometimes SLT tend to get the blame um, Mm. and it's and it's a question of is it really you know and And ultimately they're the ones who take the decisions and I suppose they do have to but they're the first ones to kind of take the axe as well yeah looking beyond that why are they taking the decisions is my kind of yeah. key thought I suppose it's why, why are they yeah. taking the scenes that they do yeah well thank you so much thank you so much for listening Martin told me before the interview that he didn't think he was the most engaging speaker I don't agree Martin had so many valuable insights and it was great to quiz someone who was studying the gap between Ofsted and teachers and actively look for ways to reduce teacher workload. I hope you got the same value from Martin's interview. Maybe you have a life-work balance story that you'd like to share to help other teachers. Just get in touch. If it's the first time that you're listening to the Teachers Podcast, then check out our other episodes for some more great listens. We've been securing some more fantastic guests for you, and if you want to request that someone is on the podcast, then you can let us know in our Facebook group called The Teachers Podcast Community. I just wanted to remind you, that this episode was produced specially to raise awareness of my Life Work Balance campaign. So please help me get 20,000 responses by filling in the survey at classroomsecrets.co.uk forward slash LWB. This episode is now live on YouTube, so don't forget to subscribe to the channel. And if you love this episode, 
then please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets, a provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.